A big hello to you and welcome to Create Your Life with me, Tessa Lloyd. You will be having conversations about consciously creating your life to live with intention, authenticity and bravery. This is the quiet place that you can come to in this busy world for support to navigate your mind, heart, body and soul. So grab yourself a cuppa and get comfy because we've got some things to talk about. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Create Your Life episode number one. How fucking unreal that you and I are sitting here having a chat like this. I didn't think this is something that uh, would ever come to fruition with me. I had had a few conversations over the last few years about um, doing a podcast because people had um, noticed that I like to put my words out into the world um, and they had asked me if I would consider doing a podcast um, and I think that I really just let that seed plant itself for the time that it needed to be planted and now is the time for it to pop out of the earth and be with you all so just the biggest welcome I'm so excited that you're here and that we are going to be having some really beautiful conversations so I'm going to have a bit of an intro podcast episode this time round um, and really just have a chat about my life and, and how I ended up where I am, especially to be in a place where I want to, you know, to have this podcast and be able to share, you know, really authentically and intentionally with you guys. Um, so it's really going to be a reflection of my inner world and the way that I try to consciously show up in the world. And that's regardless of fear, regardless of doubt regardless of what it's going to look like or sound like, which is a big theme of how <clears throat> I try to live my life in that um, I'm feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Um, and I, I guess I've realized that waiting until the fear is gone is going to be a long process for me and I would probably get to the end of my life and realize that I didn't do anything I wanted to do. So I'm really going to look at that in this podcast and, you know, there's so many other things that I can't wait to share with you, which I guess is a big part of why I wanted to have this podcast in the first place in that I like to share truly, like I, I like to share my true self and I like to be my true self. It took me a long time to get here. Um... But I have realized that every time I do share parts of my true self, there are people that connect with it or at least parts of my life that resonate with you. So really it's, um, you know, it made a lot of sense to be sharing this with you guys today. Um, and I just, I wanted to say to a big part of this podcast is because I work with a lot of people who have the privilege of 
you know, the privilege and the resources to actually create their life and to live intentionally, intentionally and consciously. Bit of a mix in words there, might make it a thing. Um, they have the privilege of being able to do that and they don't out of fear or out of, you know, the ego's way of keeping us safe or out of doubt or out of worry or out of pressure of what it will look like to others, out of conforming to a life that they were told they needed to live rather than the life they want to live. And the thing is, is if we have the privilege to be able to create our life, I believe that we should. And I believe that life is so much more fulfilling and meaningful and, you know, fun. God forbid we have fun if we are creating a life that we want to live. And if we are tuning into what we actually want and living in that way, then we are doing ourselves such a wonderful service and the, and the generations to follow as well. So that's a little bit of an intro into why I wanted to, you know, have this podcast and have these conversations with you. And I did a little bit of a meditation before this episode and just dropped into what she you know, what the podcast wants to share, what Create Your Life wants to be about because uh, she is her own uh, being and her own energy and this first episode is going to be sharing as if we were having a cup of tea sitting at the table together. So none of this has been planned and I think that's how I would like to run a lot of the episodes, um, I'm just going to be talking with you. So I'm going to give you a bit of an intro to me and yeah, and it'll take us up to this present day and hopefully provide a pretty good um, picture of the things that I've been through and I guess help provide some links to why I do things the way that I do them now. So I was actually, I was born in the country a long way away from here. It's about five hours away from here. I was born and raised on a farm, uh, which was such a beautiful way to grow up. And <laughs> it really does link to so many things that I do now in that I am constantly craving to be in nature Anyone who knows me well will know that I rarely wear shoes um, and I even, I've tried to start working in a way that, you know, if I'm in the art studio, that shoes aren't always necessary and God, it's good to just have your bare feet on the ground um, and it's all also frames the, the colours that I like to have around me, the space that I need, the downtime that I need um, yeah, the love I have for animals and the love I have for nature, it's really framed so much for me. Um, and, you know, I was really well supported by my parents as we were growing up and they were doing the best they could with all of the resources 
um, that they have, so both financially and emotionally. Um, so I had a really nice, you know, a nice childhood up until uh, up until I started to really grow up, I guess is what you call it. Um, I, you know, spent lots of time with with animals. I was helping mum and dad on the farm a lot. I had good friends in primary school who were, you know, you know, girl and boy friends and we made cubbies and they were um, great. And it was when I started to, I got a little bit, I think I hit 11 and I just, you know, anxiety really became a thing for me. I felt, you know, quite, um, on edge and quite worried of how people were perceiving me. And I think that's quite a common thing. Um, I know a lot of the kids that I work with who reach this age are experiencing the same thing and that you become quite conscious of how you're perceived. You go from being the, um, you know, the little kid who runs around and doesn't give a shit about what people think, um, bless their souls to, yeah, to, I guess for me, it was just, it was an anxious thing. And I didn't know it back then. I just thought I was such a weirdo for all of a sudden, you know, feeling, um, you know, that I didn't quite fit or feeling on edge for no reason. Um, all of that kind of thing started to kick in. And and then I got, I actually got really sick with an autoimmune disease at 11. Um, I, I have an autoimmune disease called myasthenia gravis and it affects the way that my nerves send muscles, uh, send muscles, send messages to my muscles. Um, so at 11, my first year of high school, when I'm already super self-conscious of so many different things and navigating friendships and all of that sort of thing, I got, I got really sick. It looked like I had had a stroke, um, on my right side. So I couldn't open my right eye, Um, my right leg and arm went really like weak. Um, I couldn't, you know, the whole right side of my, my mouth wouldn't work properly. I couldn't eat properly or talk properly. Um, and it was pretty intense and it took, you know, looking back on it now, I can talk about it quite openly now. Um, but even up until three years ago, four years ago, I found it really, really hard to talk about what I'd been through because I was a kid who just desperately wanted to fit in and it was hard to, um, especially when you know I was so overtly different. All of a sudden, you know, other kids were asking me why because my eye had completely shut. Um, other kids were, you know, asking me why I was all of like, why I was ugly now, um, and what was wrong with me. And, you know, is, I started to wonder if it's, you know, something I'd done and if it was something that I could control. Um, so yeah, it was a pretty scary time. And I went down to, uh, the Monash Children's Hospital and had, you know, months of treatment there. And I just got really sick. I had this infusion that was to put, um, you know, basically good blood or good blood platelets into my body because my immune system was attacking itself. And 
there was one day where it had become, it was just the treatment was too, the dosage was too high or something and my body was just rejecting all of the, all of the things going into my body and I actually, I needed to, it made me nauseous. I was so nauseous for so long and then I threw up one day but because this affects your muscles and you actually need muscles, you know, it's anyone who's thrown up knows that it's a full body process. It's absolutely fucking disgusting. But I needed to throw up and I, I couldn't because my muscles just couldn't do it. So I threw up, but it didn't come out and it, I had to take a breath. You know, my body, I couldn't breathe and my body just needed to take that breath and I tried to take that breath and I actually aspirated my vomit into my lungs um, and that's not good Uh, and my lungs actually collapsed and I passed out um, and I woke up on you know with breathing tubes in my mouth and in my nose I'm fairly sure Um, which was pretty awful. And what was pretty awful is that mum and dad, you know, were contacted and there was, you know, a conversation had that they weren't sure if I was going to, you know, if I was going to live. Um, And that's, for me, that's quite awful for me to think of my parents receiving that call and, you know, obviously personally, it wasn't a great experience to, and I now look back and that's an, that's a traumatic experience for me, which I didn't acknowledge for so long in that. So trauma is what, where we, where we don't have control and we are extremely frightened for our, uh, for ourselves. And in that moment when I couldn't breathe and I, you know, those few seconds where I, I couldn't breathe and I knew I wasn't going to be able to breathe myself or be able to vomit naturally. I thought this is it. And that's a pretty big moment in someone's life um, that I've had to do years of processing and it's it's really informed, <laughs> it's really framed how I live my life because I don't think that, I think it really changes the way that you live your life having something like that happen to you um, and it changes it in a negative way and it changes it in a positive way. So that was a pretty awful experience. Um, That happened, I woke up and, you know, I couldn't speak and I definitely couldn't sing anymore because the vomit had just absolutely burnt all my vocal cords, everything. Um, Not that I was an amazing, you know, I wasn't Adele before the incident, but... um, I, you know, would sing like a normal kid would and I just couldn't use my voice anymore after that. So it's a big rehab process after that of speech therapy and, um, yeah, and then also having to continue treatment because I um, I was, you know, still really sick with this illness. So we needed to continue and then I actually started taking um, prednisolone steroids, which if anyone's who's listening has been on them knows that they're pretty awful um they're quite they're a very depressive drug and they um, make you completely blow out in your face like all of your facial structure it's the opposite of like gorgeous um 
defined cheekbones and jawline. So, and I was 11, so it was pretty fucking atrocious really. And I had to go back to school after that, um, you know, to try and continue things normally. I, my symptoms didn't decrease. So I ended up having what's called a thymectomy, which is they take your thymus gland out of your chest. Um, and that was awful because, you know, my arm was, my arm was kind of held down against this operation scar for so long afterwards that it, my arm actually, the fibers sewed themselves together. Um, and so I fully needed to basically tear these fibers again so that I could raise my arms above my head. All of this crazy stuff, which there's a lot that I don't remember. I was 11 years old, but, um, yeah, I acknowledge now that that was a pretty shitty time to go through as a kid. That's, that's a bit abnormal. Um, that's not your stock standard 11 year old, 12 year old experience. Um, anyway, so in saying that, that happened to me and it formed who I am and it made me appreciate life. And I, I do believe it really instilled this real compassion, empathy thing in me that I know how awful life can feel, um, especially when you're not physically or mentally well. And I, will nev- I just never take it for granted. So there's a positive there. And it also, in comparison to some other kids who I met along the line, just these wonderful, beautiful people who were so ill I also always had a sense of um, perspective in that I didn't have it as bad as other children so there was also that side to it Um, so that was that was a pretty big thing for me I when I went back to school I was 12 I was taking those steroids still in year eight um, and was very very depressed for a 12 year old girl um, because the steroids make you that way and yeah, it was a it was a big time, and it really has has changed my perception of things. Um, and then I, yeah, I kind of I was quite anxious after that. I looked so different to all the other kids, and kids are pretty fucking cruel. I was asked why, you know, why I was so fat all of a sudden. Um, you know, I was called. I was asked about my looks frequently, and that was pretty awful. Um, and I have to do a lot of nursing for my inner child self now because there was a lot of hurt there. Um, yeah, so I kind of progressed through high school and I, I we did move. We moved from the farm to my mum um, actually mum and dad organized us to live in uh, a town an hour away so that we could go to a, you know, to have more opportunities um, schooling wise. And I think some of you may have heard me share about this before, but something just never was quite right from that time on in high school. I was never quite there. Um, both in a daydreaming sense and in an emotional sense. I, something had either gone missing or I just hadn't found it in the first place where I was just this, I was this self-fulfilling prophecy. So I really, I felt shy and anxious and I really didn't feel that worthy of love. Um, I had no home base of confidence or no grounded strength that I talk about now and that, you know, you're hearing in my voice now. So I was just really 
trying to navigate life uh, without the resources that I needed, really. That's how I look at it now and that's why I work my ass off now to develop my own resources and strategies and understanding because, you know, when when there's the safety to and when I have the space to learn these things, I just know that they're going to help me so much um, in life. You know, we, we really do have a responsibility to learn these things about ourselves um, and about others and about the world so that so that it can make life a little bit easier. Um, yeah, so I kind of just expected people to be cruel when I was in high school and a lot of them weren't. I met so many beautiful people in high school. Um, but I just really wasn't quite there. You know, I look back and I'm like, I just didn't feel like I was there or that I belonged. Um, and yeah, and it was a big process that all came to a head when, so I got through high school, I met lots of beautiful people. Um, but yeah, I wasn't necessarily, um, happy or fulfilled. And I think that's a lot of people's experience in high school, but this is just me explaining mine. Um, and you know, I had issues with body image and, um, I developed like lots of disordered eating, uh, eating behaviors that would, you know, come and go. And I don't think I really acknowledged that back then I was just doing it and then I'd pop my head out of it. Um, yeah, and I think it all came from a deep down belief back then that I wasn't actually nice and that it would only be a matter of time until someone figured it out and they would realize that I'm actually not that kind or not that nice at my core. Um, and it was almost like I was just waiting for that to happen. And that's a pretty awful thing when you listen to it to, you know, I yeah, I know that there's some of you out there who have these core beliefs wondering what their true qualities are and it can be really awful to not know if you are actually a nice person to not truly believe that. And I do believe that now and I've had to be strong in that recently in that I know exactly who I am. There is still so much to learn about myself, but I know who I am at my core and that I am a nice person and I do want the best for others and, and myself. Um, but anyway, so I, I finished, I finished uni, I finished school and went to uni, um, and just was kind of floating through my first year of uni and was still very much in that high school mentality. Um, and then, you know, still the self-fulfilling prophecy, no idea what was going on, feeling pretty alone, even though I physically wasn't alone. We were going to lots of parties and things. Um, but this was really my rock bottom, just feeling like I had no one who fully knew who I was um, and feeling like I had no idea who I was or what I even brought to the table in this life. Um, and that's a pretty scary feeling. And I'm grateful every day that I don't have that feeling now. Um, oh, sorry, I just got so distracted. A hawk and a pigeon just flew past my window having a big fight. Anywho, oh, um, <laughs> this is what I mean sometimes with my daydreaming is that I can be a bit distracted, but you will realize that. All right, so when I started my second year of uni, 
Um, I met so many beautiful people and this is the thing is that we can be scared and doubtful and uh, worried about ourselves but we still come across these wonderful people um, and I guess I really started to hone in on what I wanted to do with my life in my second and third year of uni um, and I started to just feel really responsible for my life you know I really started to look look at how I wanted to create my life and I think this came from the rock bottom to be honest is that I really just was like how the fuck am I here not knowing what is going on you know I really just wanted to learn about myself and I really wanted to heal some of the wounds that I had and I wanted to you know, really start talking about how my illness had impacted me and, and still was impacting me at that, at this time, because I've got this for life, this illness. Um, but yeah, my third year of uni, I had a, so things had been coming to a boiling point. I was studying occupational therapy. I was living with friends and I had not dealt with anything at all. Not my anxiety, not my depression, not the medication that I'd taken and the impact it had on me, not my eating disorder behaviors, not my dysfunctional approach to relationships and friendships, not my, um, my issues with my, my parents, which were, you know, it's pretty standard for kids to grow up and, and have some things that they need to discuss with their parents, but they don't. But I really hadn't. I was just lying to myself and I think lying to others about about what was going on because I just had no fucking idea what was going on. Um, and what happened is that I actually, I failed an assignment at uni and I went on this placement too, which the assignment was associated with this placement. And I just hated this placement and that's because I didn't, I wasn't coming at anything from a grounded place. I I know that this sounds a bit doom and gloom, but I promise you it's all part of the, the patchwork and it will come around. Um, I, yeah, the way that I was approaching it was like, oh, I just have to do this. It wasn't, oh, this is a wonderful opportunity that I get to do. It was just that I was along for the ride, that I wasn't in control of my life and I was just doing what I, you know, what I felt that I needed to do. Um, and that's a pretty shitty way to be operating in life. And that's why I'm so passionate about taking, you know, um, control of your life and creating a wonderful life for yourself because it is possible even coming from this place. Um, yeah, so I failed this assignment, hated this place. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I don't like my cafe job. I don't like the way that I'm drinking and partying way too hard with my friends, I don't like the way that I'm acting in my relationship. I'm not happy with my mental health. I, you know, I haven't told my parents about what's going on with me. And, and yeah, I just, I came to a point where I just hit rock bottom. I pulled out of uni. I went, I had a full half of the year off. I quit my cafe job. I started working with, um, in the human services industry. So I was supporting who's one of my dear friends now, um, a man in a wheelchair, 
um, who just taught me so much about life and yeah and it really just changed the way that I was looking at the world I started volunteering for um in a in a rehab center for um clients who'd had a stroke um and any little niggling thing that I took in there I just really was like wow get the fuck over it Tessa look at the look at the life that you're living while you're supporting you know, people really dealing with things. And, and it came around later that I realized I still needed to validate um, my hurt and my issues. However, at the time, I really do think that's what I needed was a real kick in the ass to be like, fuck, you have the opportunity to, to create change and you are not. And that needs to change, ironically. <laughs> um, and yeah, I started volunteering. I had that job. It was wonderful. I started seeing a therapist. So this is in 2016, started seeing a therapist for the first time, uh, which meant for the first time talking about my illness and my, my anxiety as a child, my depression in high school, um, looking at the way I operated in relationships and friendships and yeah, it was just like such a, it was an awful time, but it was such a big year of growth where I really just started to, to piece together a few things. Um, I started painting again, which is when I realized, and this will be another episode that, um, what a wonderful thing art therapy is. I started to have some hard conversations with people and was honest to my mum and dad about my mental health. Um, and I really just took responsibility for what I needed to do to change and yeah, what really needed to change. So I started going to yoga as well and really looked at why I had this attitude towards my body and, you know, the way that I was, uh, eating, um, which had been disordered for years, like such a ridiculous relationship with eating and the way that I, not ridiculous, that's not a nice way to put it, uh, just um, dysfunctional. Um, yeah, and I think it also just taught me a lot about relationships, which will be a whole new episode, which is that I was accepting things in relationships that I felt I was worthy of. And I know we, people talk about it all the time and that we accept the love we think we deserve and I was and it doesn't mean that they were bad people you know these people that I was dating it just meant that I was letting things happen that you know ultimately I'm responsible for I we really cannot in most circumstances let someone hurt us or affect us unless we let them if that makes sense like I was just letting these things happen to us and being in this real victim role rather than being like, okay, where are you responsible? What can you change? What can you let go of? Um, which did end up meaning letting go of, of certain relationships. And, and I think that was one of the kindest things I could have done for myself and the other person. Um, yeah, so at this moment, I'd say this is my first like awakening in that I was open and I was healing. So heart cracked open, vulnerability came to play. I was no longer a defensive little shit. I was no longer identifying as someone who quotation marks didn't care about things. 
I was open about caring. I was open about my hurt and I was open about feeling like a bit of a twat for the way that I'd been kind of participating in my life rather than um, running my life, you know, myself. Um, yeah, so I, I went back to uni after that. I finished off uni. I loved uni. I got good grades. I was still working with, um, you know, the with my, I'll just call him my friend now. He's my mate and he's um, in a wheelchair and we would just go out and do so many activities together and he did really just become such a great friend of mine. Um, I, you know, had hard conversations with friends and I really did start to be far more true to who I felt I really was and the, the sort of friendships and relationships that I wanted to have around me because I actually started to learn about who I was. Um, and I really started to realize where my shit ended and where other people's shit started. So where toxic things were happening, I was acknowledging my part in it and I was acknowledging the other person's part in it and realizing where I needed to to let go of, of certain things and certain people that had been in my life for a long time just because it's what I had known. Um, so, yeah, my last year of uni was wonderful. My first year as an OT was really great. Um, and I... In my first year of at being an occupational therapist, I actually studied art therapy as well, which goes back to it really pulled me out of a hole um, when I had that rock bottom painting and helping my my mind navigate what the fuck was going on through painting really pulled me out of a pretty dark time. Um, and I just called my mum one day and I was like, I think I'm going to study art therapy. I don't really know if it's a thing, but I'm going to go home and Google it and sure enough, I found a course in Melbourne, signed up, um, and was just so excited. I just really felt like I'd started to figure out my purpose, and that only came from hardcore therapy and hardcore conversations with myself about, you know, the, the shadow work and the dark stuff that I'd been running away from. And really, all of a sudden, these lovely things started to happen, like that art therapy course changed my life, the way that we were able to, to openly cry about things that had hurt us and express our pain and joy and, you know, the beauty of the world with really just such a close-knit group of, of uni students um, was just wonderful. It was just this full year of therapy and I really did learn so much that year um, and that was the year that yeah, I really just like looked at, I started to really look at my relationship with body image. I just, you know, at the start of that year, even with everything that had changed, because we don't just heal, we don't just become woke one day and then we're good. And especially with body image and, um, you know, everything associated it's not just a click of the fingers and, oh, my God, I picked up a paintbrush and went to yoga and now I'm fine and now everything's dandy and I'm never going to um, question my body or my mind again. It wasn't like that. It was I'd started doing the work, but this was a really ingrained thing that I'd grown up with since I was 11 um, when I first stopped eating properly. Um, yeah, it came back in full force and I just got so tiny, but I didn't know it and my friends did and um, 
yeah, just got to a point where that really had to change as well. So, so it did. <laughs> I had to actually start looking at what can I achieve when I eat properly and when I nourish my body as opposed to what does not eating give me. You know, what is this thing that this that skipping meals gives me and exercising a ridiculous amount gives me? What does that actually fucking give me as opposed to having the energy to go out and be a girl boss and do the things that you want to do? And I really had to weigh that up. And, and yes, I started to eat properly and put on weight. Uh, and really, that's just the best thing ever because when I did that, it was like if you were to look at a chart of what I was able to achieve as I was eating properly and putting on more weight, it just was skyrocketing. Um, so that was pretty cool in terms of conditioning myself to, to eat properly based on the results that came through life-wise. Um, that was a pretty cool way to do things. So yeah, that, that takes us through my first year of um, uni and OT and this is where um, things get really cool. So after my first, I think it was, yeah, during my first year of OT and, and studying art therapy, I started my business called The Art of Insight, which has really, like this is what you're tuning in from, is uh, The Art of Insight. And that, that, what should I call it? That was a dream that I just sat still for long enough that it planted its seed in my mind. Like my higher self was like, bitch, you've got some shit to do. Take this and run with it. And that had happened because I was still enough in my mind to take it on. Uh, it really was just so amazing. I started to run workshops um, about, you know, about healing and about expressing ourselves and processing what had happened to us. And then looking at, you know, we had this vision board workshop and we still do, which is looking at, um, you know, accepting where we are now and manifesting what we want from the future and not in a fluffy way, but in a really intentional way of like, okay, where am I now? How can I create my life in a way that steers me towards my ultimate dream? So not necessarily financially or, or material wise, but but how it feels and how it looks and the, the fulfillment that you have each day, how can we get there? Um, and those workshops just blew me away and I released a, a winter and summer like seasonal ebooks, which were about staying well or, um, or getting well during winter and summer. So they were really wonderful collaborations with other women who – had so much to say about how to look after yourselves in the seasons, which taught me so much about um, so many things, like the way that we can eat to serve ourselves, the way that we can move, the spiritual practices we can participate in. There were, um, you know, meditation recordings and yoga sequences and um, Chinese herbal um, advice for, you know, different temperatures. It was just wonderful uh having that that part of life come into my into my field it was very very cool and it really has just flown on from there um i 
that year I came, oh no, the following year I came out um, and was just really honest about being attracted to women, which was a big process in itself. And that's a whole other um, podcast episode. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I went on dates with women and I ended up having a relationship with a woman, um, which was a really wonderful relationship. Um, yeah, there were just lots of different things that, that happened in my life that really changed, kind of changed my course of life, if that makes sense. Like it's gotten me to the point of, so I ended up, so I made the art of insight, then I ended up I was working at an OT company then, but decided, no, this is not how I want to do OT. So I started my own OT company and now um, run that and I'm I'm hiring people to work with me now. Um, You know, I'm looking at hosting new workshops through the Art of Insight and, yeah, just lots of wonderful things. I have started painting and selling the paints, uh, the paintings that is something I've never done before. And yeah, I can just look back and, and really see how the decisions I made that had to start really small, how they led me here. And now I come from a place of self-love and self-worth and acceptance and, and trust in myself that I have what it takes to create my life. Uh, And that's so we need limited resources to create our life. If you have the privilege to create your life and the limited resources, you know, we don't need an abundance of time or or money or, um, you know, support from others to begin creating our life. They are tiny little steps that we take towards you know, our, our conscious creation of what we want to see come to life. They're tiny steps. Yeah. So I, (laughs) I've given you guys a really good, uh, (laughs) debrief of what has happened across my life. Um, and I've missed certain parts, but they're going to be other episodes and I haven't delved into, um, certain things because that's going to be yeah, they're going to be conversations for the future. So thank you so much for tuning into episode number one. So our, our welcome episode. Um, I hope that, I hope that you guys have enjoyed the first episode and I can't wait to hear what, what you guys think. If you can share the podcast episode anywhere, I would be so, so grateful. Um, and, and feel free to tag me in, in social posts so that I can see how you guys are enjoying the conversation. If you have any questions at all about the podcast episode, you can of course uh, in, send me a message. Um, my username on Instagram is T E S S A J L O Y D Tessa J Lloyd, um, or you can send me an email which will be attached to the podcast description. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. It's been unreal. I can't believe that <laughs> I can't believe that I'm doing this really, but I think there's a big part of me that can, and that is the part that I'm talking to you from. 
So I will see you for episode number two of Create Your Life in a couple of weeks time. I can't wait to have a chat to you guys then and we'll be talking about something brand new but also uh, (laughs) linked into this introduction episode. Please look after yourselves, be kind to yourselves and be kind to others and I will talk to you very, very soon. Thank you.